It's the gateway drug. Like, give them a hit, give them a taste. That's why I say, and please, you know, take this with just a, a calm heart, but nobody gives a shit about rowing. Train with elephants along the Zambezi. And you get free beer and burgers with it. Uh, I'm Alex Del Sordo and I have another Coaches Yelling and I think this is episode 10 and we are about nine episodes further than I ever thought we would make it and I got a pretty cool cast here today. Uh, we <laughs> Earlier before we started, uh, this is the B-Squad and uh, we got Luke Walton here. I'm really excited about this but we are talking about the future of training, uh, virtual training today and also uh, master's rowing, two things that I have a lot of excitement about and that, uh, and as a master's rower myself, uh, I'm excited to hear what these guys have to say. But um, if you like or don't like, agree, disagree with anything that we have to say, please give us your feedback, send us your notes, comment everywhere you possibly can on this. Uh, we want to make this show better. But my first guy to introduce today, uh, someone has been with us since the very beginning, uh, a creator of this show. Luke Walton, the founder of Rower Academy out in San Diego. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Uh, thanks again for having me. Uh, despite the fact that I've never won one of these things. I've been <laughs> on like four of them or five of them now. I've yet to win. So that was the reference before the show that I'm feeling squarely in the B-Squad, but I feel like a B-Squad leader. There's a chance that, nah, you know what? There's no chance. I'm not going to win. We know. We know how this is going to go. We know how it's going to go. So let's just okay. get on with it. Let's yeah, get on with it, Alex. We're just going to move on. Now, next up, uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, Shane Farmer, founder of Dark Horse Rowing. You have the setup unlike anybody else, my man. Also hailing in San Diego. Welcome yeah. to the show. Thank you very much. I'm frankly very excited to tackle my crosstown arch nemesis, Luke Walton. Um, he and I are just nothing but fierce competitors day in and day out. I mean, it's just constant trash talk on every channel we can find. So frankly, I'm ready for the challenge of, uh, of dethroning somebody who has never actually won this thing. <laughs> awesome. I mean, you're setting the bar high already. Uh, next up, a guy in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, Matt Logue, the ED of Three Rivers. Man, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. Looking forward to it. And uh, you know we got some virtual and some other rowing clubs on here, but definitely looking forward to representing the uh, rowing in the natural world. Okay, see how it goes. <laughs> I can appreciate that. And uh, last but not least, uh, a guy near and dear to my heart, showing a fierce beard today. It's bright, deep red. Uh, Lake Washington. A uh, guy hailing from the D.C. area, moved out west, and now with uh, the Pocock Training Center. Rob, welcome to the show. Good to be here. Good to be here. I'm glad the West Coast is uh, weighted, heavily weighted in, uh, in our representation. That's awesome, man. Well, listen, I'm excited to hear what you have to say, but um, we're going to start with Luke Walton, the guy that has been here since the very beginning. Luke, uh, it's a very simple question. What does virtual training look like in the future? You're on the clock. Yeah, I think uh, I think the answer to that is uh, follow the cycling industry, and and I think that's kind of where we're headed. Um, you know, I'm going to look at virtual as anything online, internet, YouTube, VR, AR, FaceTime. You know, that's virtual, right? Yep. So uh, I think we're moving the same direction. And when I say that, I'm talking Peloton, Strava, and Zwift. And you're looking at Hydro as the Peloton of bikes. You're looking at Avaron as the Peloton of bikes. 
uh, or the, uh, the, the rower of, what am I trying to say? You know what I'm trying to I say. Got it. I got it. The machine, right? So uh, Peloton's even rumored to be creating their own rower suit. Uh, so, so there's that. Then we've got the rowing apps, right? Um, a sensei, I think Shane was even, or is an, even a part of virtual coaching, row pro, row bigger, row forge, uh, hollow fit VR, put on the VR goggles, train with elephants along the Zambezi. It's, it's kind of cool. Check it out. Um, you know, RP3 is doing virtual competitions. Um, but unlike cycling form matters and technique matters, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why we need the YouTube educators and you look at Training Tall and you look at Dark Horse as the largest educational groups. 54,000 subscribers are Training Tall, 70,000 subscribers to Shane. For context, US Rowing has 15,000 subscribers, right? <laughs> so there are people out there that need this information, that are dying for this information to learn how to use these machines and use these apps. Time. And lastly, so yeah, so uh, he, oh, I had to stop him a minute and a half. I, I, gotta, I gotta follow the rules. You know, he's, he, I like what he has to say. Now we're going to bring in the guy with arguably the largest group following here in, in, in uh, training. Shane, what is the future of virtual training in our sport? You're on the clock. Yeah. So the direction that this is going to go is that we have this unbelievable mass of resources over here in the virtual world. Mm -hmm. Luke, you know, laundry listed them out. We've got all of these, these potential opportunities and, Yet, we're always going to need this physical component. Now, whether that's an actual physical, I'm here with you holding hand in hand, or whether or not you and I are interacting on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And so what you're going to see going forward, and I'm pulling this from both my experience in the actual coaching gym world, being on the water, having the YouTube channel, is that we are going to end up with this perfect, me perfect mesh. Somebody's going to figure it out to where we get a point of, we get to use all these resources, but none of the resources are the thing. They are simply the platforms on which we get to live as coaches and we get to develop the future of this. We will never reach a point where people don't want personal contact. And we're finding that in person right now. People need this one-on-one -on -one contact together. And so what we're going to see as we make this move into the future is I'm going to pick resources A, B, and C. I'm going to inject my personality here and I'm also going to be tapping into how can I create an environment that makes somebody feel as if we are here hand in hand, person in person, whether that's on water or whether that's in your garage or your basement. And all of these resources as well are going to be massive developments for the growth of our sport going I'm, into the future. You know, a guy, look, you got to listen to Shane. I mean, the guy's been doing this a long time since 2015 when he founded Dark Horse Rowing. And, and I, I like what he has to say. And, and, and maybe he is the future. Maybe... Maybe the two guys from San Diego can work together somehow and, and collaborate something great. <laughs> no, shaking their heads, no. Bringing in Matt Logue, um, you know, Matt, Matt has been coaching and rowing for a very long time, and, and he is the guy that's on the water with these athletes. So, Matt, what is the future of virtual training look like in our sport? You're on the clock. Well, I think I'm just following up on what Shane said, the, the resources and collaboration that they have on that side that they can bring to the table and help bring the sport to the people and to the community is going to really help explode our sport on the water as well. Because we can just start leveraging that collaboration. And even at the youth level, you can do, start doing indoor races at middle school, at the, you know, even at the beginner high school level. And that's just going to be a gateway for people to get to the boathouse. You know, we all know once people get to the boathouse, they're hooked on our sport. So if we can use virtual training and virtual racing to be, go to the communities, set the hook, 
reel them into our boathouse, I can see it really taking off for a huge recruitment angle for the sport and complementing the, the overall long-term athlete development. Is it going to be hard for you to work with uh, someone who's virtual training? So like they're coaches, right? Luke is a coach virtually. Would it, would it interact or how would you interact that with you as a coach on the water? I think that's just going to take collaboration. And as you know, by nature in rowing, we work together as a team. So we would figure that out. Right. So there's a lot of complementary aspects of it that it could be a challenge. I don't want to see virtual growing go where we have four people from dark horse showing up at youth nationals and ever having met and racing in a, hopping in a quad together, but that's where the collaboration comes in a little bit earlier on. Time. Man, I love it. I love that perspective uh, from someone on the water. And he's right. Rowing is a team sport. <laughs> so there is a way to make this thing work. Now bringing in oh, Rob. Rob has rowed uh, at the collegiate level. He's coached at the junior and the master's level. Rob, what is the future of virtual training look like in our sport? You're on the clock. I mean, I think the most important thing to point out first is that the, the true essence of the sport is being on the water, right? There's so many components to being on the water, right, that are just not a part of sitting on, a, on any kind of rowing machine, right? And, and in addition to that, like staring at a screen with, you know, some fitness trainer, right, coaching you through the rowing stroke on the, on the machine is, is definitely not, you know, the true exp rowing experience that, that all of us have come to know and love, right? Mm -hmm. That being said, I would argue that the more like uh, pipelines into the sport, right, the more access to the sport, right, the better. Um, and the more familiarity people have with even the machine is good, right? And so the, I, th I think the challenge with any of the virtual training is that rowing is a really physically demanding sport, right? And getting people to effectively perform the stroke on a machine, which can be harder on your body, um, is, is, is complicated. And, and nuanced. And I think that's probably best done in person, right? Not just cued by a fitness instructor on, on some screen. Man. Okay. Time. Uh, I love your perspective, Rob, and you're not wrong, man. Uh, the essence of our sport is on the water. Luke, I'm going to blow your mind. You're in the lead, my man. One point in the lead. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, listen, you might blow this up, <laughs> but you are one point in the lead right now. Uh, we're going back to Rob, and we're going back around the horn again. Okay, now, Rob, the question. Masters rowing is the wild west of rowing. It's a place where former Olympians, moms and dads learn how to row, and CrossFit athletes all collide in our sport. The question is, is the growth of master rowing helping or hurting our sport? You're on the clock. Yeah, I mean, short answer, it's helping, right? I mean, rowing needs an influx of people, right? Yeah. Um, masters is a great way to accomplish that, right? Um, it attracts people of all ages, right? You're not just limited to your high school kids. Um, and I think it is the Wild West for sure. Um, but, you know, I think boat clubs do a pretty good job of um, attracting the types of rowers that they want, right? Um, if, you're, if you're an elitist, right, you can go down to the boat club that you know, puts together strong boats and, and, you know, fast boats, right? And if you're, if you're going to be casual about it, right, you can go down to the other boat club in town, right? And do the learn to row program and, and be a, a casual athlete, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's a, there's space for everybody. I like that. All right. A guy, you know, he's much like Mike Wallen. He doesn't need a whole lot of words to, to state his case and he's spot on. Now, Matt Lode, we're going to bring you in a guy at Three Rivers. And I know there's a great master's program at Three Rivers. There's all levels. So, Tell me, 
is Masters Rowing hurting or helping this, our sport for the future? You're on the clock. Masters Rowing as a whole, is the growth of it is helping the sport, but the structure of it is undermining the division itself. So, I mean, and I think it starts with the title. I mean, anybody that starts rowing as an adult is a Masters rower, so the expectation is right out the door. I'd love to see it structured in the sense of where it's senior rowing with with divisions within where there is a master's tier where that tier is earned through winning races and accomplishment and then there's a club tier where you know clubs are able to compete against other clubs and not composite programs or um, like the Chinooks and everything like that where you can pull people together that undermine the internal club structure Mm. of an adult program because you don't want to be in a situation where you have adults at your club, but training to race for another program. You want that competitive culture to be with for your club. And that has trickle down effects all the way to the youth rowing side of it. You want the kids to look up to a strong club uh, program and the lifelong side of the sport of rowing and having a strong master's Man, Okay. I like it. Uh, he's not wrong. I, I love that you're bringing up Chinook. Now we're going to bring in Shane. Uh, Shane. Is the growth of Masters Rowing helping or hurting our sport today? You're on the clock. Okay, I am going to take a controversial stance here. Masters Rowing could help the sport of rowing, but rowers are getting in their own way. Mm. And my belief on that is that we have far too much of a, an elevated perspective of our own sport, and it often chases people away from being able to find our sport. For example, yeah, there are lots of opportunities. There are lots of clubs you could go to to learn to row. But people don't know that. They don't know how to find them. They're generally not welcoming. It's very hard to find that Learn to Row program that's going to fit for you. So I think there's an opportunity for Masters Rowing to be this incredible inroad to finding the sport. Mm -hmm. But too many people are scared away because we think too highly of ourselves. So I think rowers as a whole need to take a big old dose of humility and say, Uh nobody cares about rowing. And once we do that, we'll be able to accept that it's easier to allow people to come into the sport because we can speak differently. Instead of speaking to everybody as, you should love rowing because I love rowing and because in its amazing sport, we should simply introduce it as, hey, here's this amazing opportunity. It's a really incredible physical activity. Does it seem like something that would be interesting to you? And once you've given it a try, then Time. you can fall in love Man, with it. I know he was gonna get into a really good point there, but I had to, I had to cut him out, I had to cut him out. Uh, Shane's not wrong either. I mean, rowing is full of elitists and we all think our, our, our shit doesn't stink. Forgive me for saying that, but uh, it's my show. I can curse if I want to. Uh, but now we're going to bring in Luke Walton, a guy that has raced at the Olympic level, the national team level. The guy has been rowing for a very, very long time. And, uh, Luke, you know, the question you're on the clock. Yeah, I think, uh, I think my answer is yes, it's growing, but is it growing enough? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I went back to the 2018 U.S. Rowing Annual Report, and we got an 8% increase in our master's division. And you're like, oh, 8%, that's pretty strong. But 30% of those are masters in the 21 to 26. So how many of them are, how many new masters are we getting just because people are graduating from college and going into AA, right? How much is it actually growing? If you're looking at the total membership of U.S. Run in 2018 of 75,000 people, is it growing fast enough? If Shane Farmer has 70,000 people that are likely of master's age, maybe the majority of them are, he has that many people following, and we have 5,000 more members in U.S. Rowing, are we doing enough to attract people to rowing? And I get the, 
we don't want Chinook and we don't want things like that. I get the rowing purity side of things, but there has to be that intersection of virtual if we're going to bring in new masters in terms of, yeah, maybe there will be four guys from Dark Horse showing up to Masters Nationals rowing in the quad. Um, that, that may be the future. I don't know, but um, I look at love him or hate him, the Lance Armstrong analogy. Who are we using or how are we using our powers within to tell stories, to bring people from the outside to participate? USA Cycling it. grew dramatically with Lance. Time, man, oh man. Okay, well, I got the scores and I'm gonna tell you those scores after a word from our sponsors. So hang on tight and back in a couple seconds. Okay, we're back. And, uh, you know, I thought he was going to pull it out, but he didn't. So, unfortunately, Rob, you're gone. See ya. Now, moving on, we have Luke, Shane, and Matt. And we're going to get a little bit deeper into uh, the Masters rowing topic. So, I want to dive in a little bit deeper. So, I think we all know that there's multiple tiers of Masters rowing, right? There's the 21, 25-year-old that just got out of college that could have won an IRA gold medal but would kick the crap out of me, a 34-year-old guy that hasn't touched a boat in two years. So how do we accommodate for the, the, the mom and the dad that's just coming into rowing uh, in their 40s or 50s, or the guy or the girl who's in their 20s that just graduated college? So I think the intersection, I, I think what you're talking about, that intersection really exists in the B and C category in masters. I, I think that's where you're getting guys that are, you know, uh, guys and girls that are closer to 40 and then you're younger in their 20s and they're all getting mixed around and you're pulling in ringers and doing that sort of stuff. So we see a lot of that in the master's category. But um, I, I think about it like triathlon. In triathlon world championships, everybody's on the same course at the same time. The pros, the average Joes, everybody runs the course at the same time. The pros start a little bit earlier. I'm not saying we need to go that way in rowing, but I think there is – kind of a wow factor to be able to be on a course with professional triathletes. And I've raced triathlons and I've looked at pro athletes and been on the course with them and thought to myself, wow, they, they're very fast. That's what real triathlon looks like, you know? So it's, it's kind of along those lines. Is there a benefit actually to this? So, so, so how do you actually seen. facilitate oh. something like that? How, yeah. how do you actually get that happening on a 2k course where you, I mean, are, is it boat mixing? Is it, I mean, what does that look like in an actual race scenario? Because I think the thing that I hear repeatedly is that people are just scared to take that step because it's so, it's intimidating. Mm -hmm. And I, there needs to be this level of like filtering in where maybe it's more clarification of categories and easier ways for people to find themselves into a category that fits for them mm -hmm. and be able to climb up the ranks as they feel comfortable. Because some people, frankly, just don't want to be that elite level competitor. They want to do it as a casual hobby. You know, there's definitely to find tiers. On that. Get on, go on. Yeah. As I was say, clearly to find tiers is the answer to that question so that everybody knows that no matter what time, when they come to the sport, they will have a pathway to achieve what they want to achieve. Is it the club tier where you're coming in as just a club program and you know you're not going to be racing against the guys that just came off of the national team or the collegiate career, but that still have a, a tier for those collegiate guys to still compete and excel at that high level. I think responsible for this? As, a, as, you know, working the Crew Classic for five years, I can tell you that sometimes it's hard to fill a master's category. 
So I, I think we have a population problem. If we want, I, I'm all for creating better and, and more narrow categories, but if we can't fill them, then we have to have these kind of crossover categories so that It'll people be in roads. But it, and if you streamline the language you use for it, like nobody knows what A, B, C, D means. But if you say under 35, under 42, somebody that just joined this where it's like, hey, I'm under 42, I can be competitive in this category. And it makes it more relatable. So it's going to increase the engagement, I think, by just standardizing it. But I think, no, Luke, I, you bring up a great point. Where is that funnel? Where does that funnel come from? How do we increase the numbers so that we can start to grow these categories? Like you said, it's tough to put boats to, of certain categories together. How do we grow those categories in general? I mean, that ultimately, in my opinion, that's the end of the day question. How do we get there so that we have a larger base to work with and build boats? Well, I think it's actually happening right now. And it's happening in the midst of a pandemic because those of us who are traditional rowing coaches are having to figure out how to pivot into the virtual. And when you start bringing that level of knowledge um, across the board into the virtual, uh, making things pandemic proof, right? Like this is all about how do the brick and mortar clubs make sure that all of their athletes continue to move forward? So the more of us that are willing to engage a space like you've engaged, then I think it, it's, you're growing the rowing community and you're bringing, that can help be the funnel, that can help be entry points um, to, to bring people towards on water rowing. Um, but it's out of necessity right now more than anything. Uh, Matt, Matt, let me ask you this. How big of a, of a gap in skill are athletes at three rivers, like from the master's level, is there, do you have a wide range or can you, can you bunch them up? We have, I mean, uh, three rivers. We have everybody from beginners to people that have been rowing for 50, 60, 70, our, our oldest competitive rowers, 84 years old and races every year in a head race. So, I mean, there's a, there's a huge gap there. And, you know, we have tiered programs. We have triple A, double A, single A, and a lot of that's based on individuals availability to how frequently can they train, how high, what, how often do they want to race type of thing. But I feel like if you can clearly define the categories and give them that opportunity to come in and race in a fair in a more level playing field than having a novice come in and then go up against, you know, a, a recently graduated college kid. It's going to be a better experience. That's going to create that better funnel and more people will fill it. You know, in rowing though, it's not necessarily about the race. It's about the journey, right? So I, I I'm probably Shane could probably speak to this very clearly as a master's rower. I really enjoy just being around people of my own age, enjoying the fitness level side of things. We're all, we're all talking about the race. Shane, what do you see from a fitness level and like a team atmosphere for these for these athletes when you're doing it virtually? Yeah, so there, it um, the the things that I find that really rise to the top with what we're doing and the way that we we interact with people is that the community comes almost first above all else for people. So our YouTube channel, for example, it's not the fact that I'm on the machine teaching somebody to row is that they have other people to communicate with in the comments, or if they join one of our programs that they get access to our private Facebook community or whatever it may be. It's that group that they end up finding as a piece of that. And it comes right back to what you're saying. It's that community building aspect, being around like-minded individuals who feel that they have something in common, which in this case ends up being rowing. And Matt, you know, you made a great point earlier. There needs to be an excellent connection between what I'm doing and what you're doing that needs to happen sooner in the process to help people funnel that way. Um, you know, I always tell people, I, I don't want to be the on-water coach. I'm not smart enough. I don't have the experience. Don't look to me for that. When you get to that point, I want to funnel you to the next person who's going to help you in your journey. But so far, I've yet to have a single on-water rowing coach come my way and say, 
hey, I'd love to help be, create that funnel with you. Nobody's come up and said anything. And so that's my goal. Let's get that audience and let's help them find and Luke, bridge the gap. Luke, let me ask you this. You love rowing, I think, as more or if not the same as me. How do you get masters rowers to love the sport of rowing like you love it so much? Well, I think, uh, I think it's about all of us who are in the, the IRL, right? In real life rowing coaching, like in person, brick and mortar, you know, it's about sharing that enthusiasm and welcoming anybody who's interested in, in becoming a rower. And I think the disconnect is two ways. You just heard from Shane saying there are no coaches approaching him because the easy assumption is, oh, Shane's just working with a bunch of CrossFit people. They're just in the gym all the time. They have no interest in rowing for real. And then those people are on the machine, which the rower, you know, being the gateway drug to rowing, that's how we need to treat it. It's the gateway drug, like give them a hit, give them a taste, and then figure out how to welcome those people into the programs. And so, you know, that is, that's the intersection right there. How do we, how do we help Shane and how does Shane help us to bridge that gap, to tap into those people and I think it's being welcoming and, and enthusiastic and more than one learn to row day in a year, for example, right? We host what one major row to learn to row, you know, nationally, we should probably do more and, and figure out, you know, what the appetite is for that. All right. So time now, listen up guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break and we come back, we're going to have a face off and I got the perfect question to close it out and find the victory, find, find the victor. So uh, more from us here after we're from our sponsors. Hey guys, it's Luke from Rower Academy, where we give you the information, tools, and training you need to successfully navigate the college recruiting process. Check us out at roweracademy.com and start training for your future today. We are back and uh, we've narrowed it down to two guys and, and I'm excited for this one. So um, it's uh, Luke, you've advanced my man, and Matt, first time ever, you're advancing. I'm just, I love what you have to say. Uh, especially from your position of three rowers. Now, Shane, listen, I like you, man, but you're just not moving on. I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry. So this is the way it's gonna be. We're gonna have 60 seconds on the clock, okay? We're gonna have Matt first, Luke second. And the question is, if you are the head of US rowing or the head of international rowing and you had to decide starting tomorrow, what does masters rowing look like immediately, starting tomorrow, uh, what is it? What, what is it? How does it look? How does it function? Uh, you know, things that we want. We want bigger numbers, right? We want to grow our sport. We want more access for these athletes and we want better competition. We want something where someone can walk in and feel comfortable knowing that they're competing with someone of the same um, competitive level. So Matt, you have one minute to tell me what does Masters Rowing look like for the future? You're on the clock. First thing I'm doing is getting rid of the word masters from the title of it. It's going to be seniors rowing. It's going to set the expect, take away that ex, or start setting the expectation early, take away the elite side of it so people don't feel so intimidated by it. Then it's going to have the four tiers underneath of it where it's going to be club. There'll be a veteran category, which is very much growing on the master side, but a, more with the military base. So keep that category, para rowing and then a master's category so that people who have had that high level of success and have earned uh, enough medals and success to be called a master and earn that title have the ability to race at that high level. That's where you keep the composite crews, you change all the categories to the age base, U, U27, U35, so it's in line with the youth rowing and there's a direct connection at all levels of rowing from U14 to U99 or 100 plus, whatever it eventually comes out to be. Man, time, fifth, man. 
Whew. Bringing the heat. I like it. I like it. flipping it on its head and saying, don't call it Masters, call it Senior. Luke, if you are in charge of U.S. rowing or international rowing, what does Masters look like tomorrow? You're on the clock. I'm throwing the whole script out the window. It's gone. It's just, it's, we're going, we're flipping it, flipping it on its head, right? And, and so what I mean by that, I've been using a lot of different sport analogies. We're taking volleyball and we're going to beach volleyball, right? We're going to take the traditional 2K rowing, we're going to the beach. And what does that mean? We're going to start doing 500 meter races. We're going to start doing uh, rowing machine challenges in person and virtual and coastal, all mixed into the same thing. I think shorter races uh, is a lower uh, barrier entry point for any new rower. Oh, I can train for a 500 meter race. It's a different animal to train for a 2K. Um, I, I'm a master's rower. I don't even want to race 2K. You know, let me race a thousand. Let me race 500. Let me race it a bunch of different times. We're talking beer gardens. We're talking jumbotrons. We're talking coverage. It's fast. It's fun. It's furious. It's different. That's what I think what needs to happen at the master's level to bring in people that are looking for new and different. You know, CrossFit athletes, they like that fast paced change you know, aggression. How do we bring stuff I'm, like that to rowing? Man, I, I, I'm bringing in. I, I'm bringing in the quietest guy here. I'm bringing Rob in. Rob, my my fitness consigliere. <laughs> okay, I need to know what what are your thoughts on what Matt and Luke just said. Get, just give it to me. What are you What are you thinking? I'm trying to figure out how we can work burpees into the mix. <laughs> no, no, I think they're making they're making great points, right? I think. I think, you know, actually the 500 meter thing, I think is a great idea, right? You need, you basically need it to be spectator friendly too, right? Uh, maybe get some drone action going, right? Mm -hmm. Anything, anything to make the sport more friendly. Okay. So, so here's where I'm at guys. Uh, I got an, I got an executive director running a program and running a boathouse. And I got a guy who has, has raced and trained at every possible level. And Matt's not wrong. Not at all, and I and I and I and we have to take what Luke did and, and said. But Luke's the winner. I mean, what he's talking about is getting more and more people into the sport, right? And this is no BS, Luke. I'm not fluffing you up, bud. You made a perfect point, all right. And you didn't beat Mike Wallen, you didn't beat Kerry, but you won the B squad. So congratulations on the day, Matt. A close second, uh, Shane. Really tight there. A distant fourth. Distant fourth uh, is, is Rob. But, um, we're going to go around the horn now to say our final goodbye. So uh, we're going to start with Rob. Rob, fourth place finish. Calling in lefty here last minute. How are you feeling today? I feel good. I feel good about my first appearance. I feel like you brought me in to be sacrificial. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, this, this group of people here, I mean, yeah, obviously. Shane, uh, wow. I mean, listening to Luke butter you up with how many followers followers you have is pretty impressive. Uh, that was his strategy. You've capitalized, you've capitalized <laughs> on a section of our sport that is really interesting. So how are you feeling today being part of Coach's Yelling? Great. This has been amazing. I mean, my I've I am extremely passionate about rowing. I just happen to have taken a different course than most rowing coaches have. So I love being able to kind of come back in, having gone the long way around and be able to rejoin the discussion now with all the experiences there. So this has been fun. I like it. Oh man, I, thank you for that. And I really hope that uh, you join more of these because we have a lot more to go. Uh, again, goal of over 100. Matt, uh, God, you know, you didn't win on You didn't lose on a technicality uh, by any means. Uh, you did a great job today. You did a great. You had a great showing. Uh, how are you feeling today? 
Doing good. That was a lot of fun. I uh, definitely love the ideas that were back and forth. Uh, Luke, those are some great ideas. I definitely agree about making it more user-friendly. So yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, well, I hope you come back again. Now, uh, the winner, I know you got a gold, you got a gold hat somewhere lying around. I, it's, yeah. Maybe it's because you didn't flaunt it today. That's why you won. I don't know. I mean, you got green, a green hat on today. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't have my gold foil hat, but I feel a lot better uh, because, you know, when I made this championship ring for winning, uh, you know, one of these things, I made that weeks ago. So now I don't feel so foolish because I have one of these. Uh, I got my first championship. Uh, I'm wearing the ring. I'm proud of that. Um, you know, I hope I get invited back again, you know, but if not, then I'm retiring a champion, right? So, I mean, either way, either way, this is a, this is a big day. Um, I, I was not expecting this. Absolutely, just not expecting this in, ever. I was expecting energy. You came in low energy, and you you walked out a high, like a, on a high note. And it's very impressive. You said exactly what needed to be said. So, listen, I, for everyone watching or listening, I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Coaches Yelling. Uh, again, and I and I know I've said this multiple times in the show: like, dislike, agree, disagree, whatever, whatever you got, whatever you think, or or have questions more on what these guys had to say. Uh, give us your feedback. Give us your comments. Give us your thoughts. We want to get this show. Uh, we want to grow. We want to make it uh, better. And we all mean the same thing. We want this sport to grow, to be better. Uh, we want to grow the numbers. We want to make it more competitive. We want to enjoy ourselves every single day. And uh, today's episode really showed the passion that these folks have about rowing. So more from us soon with another Coaches Yelling. Thanks for uh, being part of it. I think so I win, right? <laughs>